Welcome to Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest today is Maria Azua, who is Vice President of Cloud Computing Enablement at IBM Enterprise Initiatives. Today we will discuss Latino culture in social networks. Maria has deep technical skills and extensive experience in software development, managing new innovation projects, startups, acquisitions, solution delivery, and process excellence. In her current job, she is responsible for the technical implementation, deployment, and operations of the Common Cloud Platform Living Lab Share Service, as well as the IBM Smart Business Development and Test on the IBM Cloud. She's also responsible for the creation of a vibrant and engaged community of independent software vendors, business partners, and technical community that fosters cloud computing IT methodologies and applications. Maria is also author of the new title, The Social Factor, Innovate, Ignite, and Win Through Mass Collaboration and Social Networking, a book about social networking based on her leadership in social networking tools at her company. Prior to her current role, Maria was Vice President of Technology and Innovation, reporting to the IBM Chief Information Officer. In that role, she focused on the development of innovative IT solutions and the integration of new technologies. She created and managed the Technology Adoption Lab, TAP, Innovation Program, where more than 120,000 IBM employees actively participate to create innovations in a unique development community. To support the TAP program, Maria created and deployed a variety of -of state-of-the-art social networking tools and programs for the enterprise. Her responsibilities in the CIO office also included the creation of the first IBM Green Data Center. Maria was inducted into the Women in Technology International Hall of Fame and was named one of the 100 Most Influential Hispanics by People magazine in 2006. She has 50 patents and 39 patents pending that span a wide spectrum of technologies. In 2006, the Society of Hispanic Professional Engineers recognized Maria with the Star Award for her contributions and dedication to the Hispanic community. Maria, welcome. Maria, let's start with a really simple question. What is cloud computing enablement? This is the area that you're working in now. But I think for a lot of people, certainly people who are not in IT, this may be an unfamiliar term. So how would you describe cloud computing enablement? Oh, I will very much like to answer that question, Elena. And thank you for asking it. First, I would like to first answer what is cloud computing and then say what is the enablement of cloud computing. Well, cloud computing is basically a new trend in which we're basically creating a new utility model for IT. And by this IT, I mean information technology, meaning as most CIO today create their own environment and they create their own infrastructure to be able to have data centers and websites and the whole infrastructure that really runs our businesses. Today, we basically create those infrastructures per business. Very much, very similar to the way that uh, companies in the Industrial Revolution used to generate energy to be able to create their own business and automate their systems. Um, What has been happening is, during the Industrial Revolution, the electricity got standardized and utility was created because through um, enormous amount of numbers, okay, um, they were able to create much cheaper electricity than everybody individually creating on their own. Then that mass scaling of electricity and automation, as well as um, um, a standardization of the electricity process, which has been kind of happening in the uh, IT industry, in which a lot of the computer system when we originally created a lot of the first computers, they were very expensive. They were very specific to a specific customer and uh, solutions that they needed. Then the price of hardware has been commoditized over time. 
And the, as this communication has been happening, a lot of standardization as well has come with it. And new utilities have been able to basically be formed around this model. And we're having several providers actually creating this kind of uh, compute capacity, computer capacity on the cloud for people to be able to consume it and not have to worry about having their own computers or servers or PC. You just go to a simple browser and then you go to the cloud and you have all the computer power that you can imagine. Then that's basically the concept of cloud computing. How can you consume that computing power through services and don't have to worry at all about the details that are required to actually maintain that infrastructure. And what does enablement actually mean? Well, I'm the person responsible work across the business units in IBM to ensure that we're able to provide the technology and the facility to uh, um, create the capacity within our business units to transform their solutions into the model of cloud computing. Then, for example, I have been working very closely uh, with our uh, services organization to create several offerings for uh, compute power, uh, storage um, cloud, as well as others like desktop cloud. Then I work with each of the business unit to make sure that the technology and the service that they provide are uh, provided uh, properly, and, and my team provide technology, services, guidance, etc. Then my team is basically the glue across the different organizations to create those offerings. I hope that that answer, I know it was kind of a long answer, but cloud computing is very, very, uh, you know, new, and some people might not know what cloud computing is. If I understand the concept correctly, it's allowing access to technology without the need to identify the exact source. It's sort of going to the tap and getting water without worrying where the water has been processed and what all the details are of getting that water to you, to put it in a really simple way. Exactly. I mean, water is an utility. Electricity is an utility. Phone is an utility. You don't care which wire we're using or what uh, satellite we're using for communicating right now. Is then this something? All of these are utilities. Is this something, Maria, that is of particular interest or that? provides exceptional leverage to small businesses, or would you say that it applies across the board regardless of the size of the business? Well, I think that this is of great interest for small businesses because a lot of the capacity of compute power was basically available to the large companies since they had the scale and they had the resources, and the, sm- the smaller business or small business Basically, in order to gain that capacity, it was very expensive. Uh, right now, what this uh, cloud computing is doing is basically enabling for uh, a much lower cost, basically the same amount of compute capacity. For example, a small retailer that really wanted to create a website and basically compete on the market uh, during the holidays, for example. Well, during the holiday, there is a lot more traffic on the website for buying, you know, gifts for Christmas. If you are a small business, a small retailer trying to do this, you're going to have to create a, an IT infrastructure for that peak, which will require you to invest a lot more money to have that. Instead, with the cloud computing, you can go ahead and create a website and just basically rent and use what, and pay for what you use in the cloud, and, and it's for a fraction of the cost that it will cost you to actually acquire the whole capital asset of the computer, configure it, and set it up for your application. Instead, you just basically tap into the cloud, use temporarily what you need, and you can basically use the elasticity of the cloud to get as many services as you want to, for your, for your uh, program during the holidays. And then 
when the holidays are over and you're not going to sell as much, then you can just bring your utilization down and then just be in a little server. And what that has enabled the smaller uh, business and the small business to actually compete with the larger business because the, the barrier of entry is lower now because the cost to acquire that compute power is much lower. Is there a relationship between cloud computing and social networks? Yes, there is. The main reason there is so many social networking um, tools now is because the pervasiveness of a lot of the tools and the cloud computing actually has made it much lower cost for innovators to create all these social networking tools at a very, very small amount of cost. Also, you have all these cell phones. You have the cell phones that everybody carries everywhere, and all of these phones are basically predicated on the mobile cloud. That means that this cloud is actually what has enabled everybody to text constantly, to send images, to post on all of these websites that basically are a cloud of their own. For example, we have many, many different clouds out there for social networking. For example, Facebook. Facebook enables you to put your pictures, to connect to all your friends, and that's a cloud of its own. Anywhere you go, for example, you can go to a party or you can go to a business meeting. You can take a picture of a device that you're trying to sell or you can take a picture of your friends when you're together and then you can post it immediately from your laptop, from your Blackberry or from your uh, uh, um, um, cell phone, you can post it in, in Facebook. You can do very similar things with many other websites that are out there that are social networking. You can have other tools also available like LinkedIn, but it's more for businesses. And you can also tweak uh, from anywhere, from any of the mobile devices, you can tweak. And, 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 and the cloud is what has made this available. Then there is a big relationship with the lowering of cost of the, uh, of the information uh, utilities and compute power with the enablement of social networking then it is that lowering cost that has enabled cloud computing, and cloud computing has enabled all of these tools that have created this social networking, and, and people are basically addicted. And this is growing in all the different aspects. We have all kind of different um, social networking there, especially for Hispanics. Uh, for example, we have like quepasa.com, we have migente.com, uh, mundoboricua.com. I mean, we have an enormous amount of websites dedicated for Hispanics, and we have an enormous amount of websites dedicated for all kind of different cultural diversity, as well as for business and niche business. I mean, if you look at the verticals for each of the industry, there's multiple different social networking for them. I mean, this is not just for the teenagers. This is, uh, by and large, by, for all, all individuals that are interested in connecting and benefit for being connected. I mean, uh, today, I don't know if you're familiar with this, 56% of Hispanics in the United States use the Internet. And that compares to 71% of non-Hispanic whites and 60% of non-Hispanic blacks. But out of that number of Hispanic, the number jumps to 67 among the 18 to 27 years old. That means that there is a very big adoption of social networking on Hispanic. And where they're going, on, when they say the usage of the Internet, where they're going is to do social networking. The amount of usage of those social networking between the 18 to 27 years old is enormous. And those are the ones that are basically in high school, in college, and our early professionals. And this is expected from the new graduates from 
college. That means that if you want to be successful in your business, you need to create an environment by which when you get a new graduate and you have a new hire from college, that you have those utilities in your business in order to facilitate the social networking that people are used to, this new generation is used to, and take advantage of them because it's a new vehicle to market your goods and services. Maria, you mentioned several websites that you felt were particularly relevant among Hispanics, Que Pasa, Mi Gente, and I think Boricua? Mundo Boricua. Mundo Boricua, thank you. Are these especially oriented to a Spanish language audience, or are they um, English language? What, what is the emphasis in terms of language on those sites? Actually, actually, they are uh, for Hispanic, but their, their websites are in English. That means that these are for Hispanics here in America that speaks both languages, just like myself. Then you go there and you interact with other Hispanics of yourself, and the whole site is in English. Um, and you have other sites that are all completely in Spanish as well. And there is an enormous amount of websites out there that are also targeting uh, 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 the Hispanic community. For example, uh, we have, um, let me see here, we have um, uh, Conexión Latina. Conexión Latina. Conexión Latina enables you to go to different types of, of languages like Portuguese and Spanish and English, then they're really working on different uh, different languages because the Latino population, at least in the United States, I mean, we have almost, you know, 30 million Latinos here in the United States, but a large percentage of them speak English, then, and they feel comfortable speaking in English. Nevertheless, they feel their roots are Hispanic. Then these social networking uh, websites are basically trying to suit to those needs. Some of them are in English, and some of them are translated in Spanish, Portuguese, and, and English. Then they're trying to go through all the languages that the Hispanics speak. And so that makes sense because you mentioned a moment ago that 67% of the youth segment, 18 to 27, I think you said, are online among Hispanics. And so if we look at that youth segment in the United States, it's likely to be English dominant, of course. Would you tell us a little bit more about their use of social networks and whether it has any relevance in the business arena? I do believe that social networking has a big relevance in the business. In, in the book, in, in the social factor, I actually provide all the facts on how we were able to transform IBM to use social networking utilities in a very uh, good way. Since I'm a believer that we are in the social age, this is a new age in which if you don't leverage your social network and your social tools, then you're not really going to be as successful because everybody is basically using them. Everybody's using that new vehicle of getting information, and that's what people are used to. Then I, I actually created a way by which uh, IBMers could communicate with each other, and this is very interesting because in the beginning of the project, a lot of people didn't think that people were going to use it, that this was not really for business. And then we realized people like the flexibility of the social networking and social tools. For example, blogging. We didn't think that people were going to like blogging. And I found a way to really encourage blogging. We created a system by which anybody without no cost from any organization in IBM, they could go and request their own blog and create your blog, and then you can start blogging. And what, what we noticed is there was a lot of blogs there that they were kind of coming slow and were not becoming too popular, but other ones, people really were very good at writing. And they, you see, because this is depend on the skills of the individual, then some people are good at providing information and disseminating information, and others are not as good. Then for those ones that they were very good at disseminating the information, they got an incredible good feedback from the individuals with 
you know, posting in their blogs, and they really got a lot of feedback internally, and they really got inspired to continue, then this was something like feed on itself. For example, when you try to go to some of these individuals and tell them you need to, like, document this thing, what the problems are and what it is, and becomes a job of their own, then that kind of, you know, is not as effective as when they really do it spontaneously because they see that their community benefits from what they're doing. And they get a lot of feedback from that community because they, they're producing value to them. Then suddenly, when they're in a project and, and you have the blog and somebody's assigned to, well, you're going to be the blogger for this project, and they're the ones that blog constantly on how the project is doing, with the things that we're doing, like an, an, a status, but in a more informal way that others can participate, then suddenly... It is part of what they want to do rather than a job. And we end up with an enormous amount. I mean, we end up with like 7,000 different blogs in IBM, and they're all very, very successful, and they, they create an incredible value in the business. We also created wikis. Uh, we originally used to have a more formal process, and we decided that wiki was a much better effective way because as teams got together, they were able to collaborate with each other. And we actually have all the data that shows how, the, how wikis create a pattern. And basically, I call this pattern kind of the, the um, uh, little middle of the pack. And this middle of the pack is the wikis that are not really too big. Like, for example, if you have a wiki that belongs to an entire company for a particular status, but those are not too effective because there's so many people participating there, people are afraid to make a comment because they don't feel everybody that has access to it are really the community members, so to speak. Now, this is an organic process. Social networking is an organic process, and people need to feel that they belong to each other, that they, they have control sort of, of each other, a sense of, of being, a sense of they are part of that community. And we find out in IBM that basically wikis that were too big, they, they just were not effective. They were very stagnating. Basically, we're running like an status or dashboard, so to speak, and the, the, the leader of that organization was the one that just posting there, and nobody was really participating too much. But the ones that were like middle of the pack, that they had the momentum, enough people to have participation and interest, those were incredible. That, that, I mean, we, we had an enormous amount. I mean, almost 50,000 people in IBM started, you know, really running their projects there, and it got to a point that almost... 250,000 IBMers in one way or another were basically reading or contributing to wikis, and that is an enormous. And we were able to lower our cost of project management. We were able to lower the cost by accelerating how innovations were making it to the marketplace. And, and, and we were able to actually quantify a lot of the ROI on social networking in, in, in IBM. This is part of the the case study that we had that we used to prove the value of social networking within a large enterprises. What about small businesses, Maria? One of the one of the comments that I hear often and I, I was discussing it the other day with a another book author colleague of yours is that for many small business owners and executives in small businesses, time is at a premium and they question the budget and the dedication of resources to social networking because they say that it's difficult to prove the return. Do you think that social networking has a place for small businesses? Yes, I think so. I think so. Uh, I believe that social networking has a big place on, on small businesses. And you should not make social networking something that is very time-consuming, but instead make it effective. By this, I mean, instead of trying to put every single detail you want about a product, just wait for some feedback from the, the customers on your product. I mean, twig on your, on your product. It, allow your customer put, to co- put comments and follow it. 
Um, assume that you're a very small business and you don't really have a lot of bandwidth. Well, hire, hire you know, a, a, a person just to follow on the web. I mean, there is a lot of assistance at a very low cost that you can have that can follow it, but it, it truly provides you a big return on your investment because the word on the street, when somebody, somebody Google you and people have put bad comments about your product on the web, and you are not following to get that feedback in order for you to improve your product, okay, or help your customers understand how your product works, and then you fix it in the next release, or use your own, uh, your own community to help you. For example, if you create a tool by which your own community sell, help each other, for example, instead of making a big organization to do customer service, create the tool through the social networking in the way that when a customer has a problem and they post a problem, another customer of yours can go and answer the customer of an, the question of another customer. That means that the customer help each other. You, you don't need to have as much resources on, on customer support because if you have a social networking of your own customers, they can help each other. They answer their own question. What you really need to have is more like a coach to really help that community and to truly provide the tools to enable that community to help each other. Then this is a completely different mindset. If you feel that the mindset is, I need to start posting and I need to start writing and this is more work and I need to monitor all the sites, then yes, then you're not going to because the, that is the wrong approach. The approach is different. The approach is listen to what your customers are saying. And your brand is what others are saying. And this is not about am I going to embrace social networking or not. This is about social networking is here and it's being embraced. And, if, and you don't embrace it, you're out, meaning they're going to comment about your product anyway. They're going to make basically this... Uh, uh, they're going to change your brand, basically, on, 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 on publicly. When you go and, and make a Google a search on your product and what people are saying about your product, that is your brand. And if you don't work with that community to help them and turn them around to be fans of your product, then you're not going anywhere. And this is about figuring it out, how to use your customers and, and, and your fans to create them a way by which they feel empowered to change your, their products, they feel that they're partners with you, and they help each other. How do you get started? Or if you've already started, how do you figure out if you're using the right social networking tools? Do you have some suggestions that you can share with us? Yes, yes. The very first thing that I will, I, I will suggest, depending on what kind of uh, product or what kind of company they have. For example, if they have a retail company in which they're selling things, I would definitely suggest to buy several of the products. There's many different products out there that you can hook into your own website to enable people to have their own blog within in your own website and what that allows people to basically write about little stories about what is what they like about your product if you are actually selling a specific goods for which you would like to create sort of a cloud of knowledge kind of rating something similar which i believe that amazon does very well is enable the customers to put comments on your product and rate your own product and let others look and see what people have been rating your product as. And if they are bad comments, use them and put them as a feedback on what you need to do. And this is not expensive at all. If, if the customer already, if you as a, a, a merchant already have a website, adding these additional tools to your website that people can actually put comments do rating on your products, and have a, a, a way by which you can do data mining of what people have been writing is not too expensive. 
And that can give you an enormous feedback in the way that when you target your development environment, you can target to improve it based on what you have received as a feedback rather than just making assumptions of what you think is going to work best. Use your current customer's feedback as the best benchmark of what you need to do or what the customers are really looking for. Then my, my, my advice will be fix and, in, and enhance your current website to add a way to have a portal to get feedback from your customer and rate your own product. That will be kind of the basics. And then from there, I will go to a lot of these large social networking like Facebook or LinkedIn and try to create communities. For example, if you have a services organization, okay, then create a group for your most closed uh, customers and get to introduce your own customers in the way that the customers know each other. And that is very powerful because customers of yours, they want to know who else is a customer and what has been their experience. And if they have good experience, then word of mouth is very powerful. And what these tools are doing is basically enabling the word of mouth to be more and more powerful. Also, one thing to keep in mind is um, there is other ways to communicate as well. I mean, under a very low budget, you can do kind of a little video and put it in YouTube. Uh, there is a lot of companies, they have a lot of, you know, have been very successful with some products and there is customers that like the product so much that they create little videos. That is incredibly wonderful because that helps in, in, in your advertising then doing some videos for YouTube, that, that helps a lot. And keep in mind that today, the Internet traffic, we have more Internet traffic in Facebook and YouTube than what we have today in Yahoo and Google. Then this is, this is significant. The power of social networking is enormous. And, and, and today we're having a lot more traffic through those sites that we're actually having, which... Yahoo and Google, then I really encourage a small business to take advantage of it. Let's go back to basics for a second, Maria, if you would, because we've been talking about blogs and YouTube and Facebook and Twitter. Would you just, so that we're all clear, would you review the concept of social networks and specifically what we're referring to when we talk about social network applications for businesses? Yes. Social networking is basically um, a way by which you can leverage large amount of individuals that are in one way or another are related to your business or to you in a personal fashion. Then the, there's multiple different types of social networking tools. You can have tools that enable you to spread the word from you, a member of that community, to the entire rest of the community. There are other tools that enable you to collaborate with that community. There are other tools that help you make your community bigger, meaning try to find people that you might know or people that might know somebody that others in your community might know. And you have also tools that enable to mine the data produced by all that activity. By that I mean when you go to a website and you do instant message with somebody or you text instant message with somebody or you go to another website and you rate the product or you connect with somebody, you're actually creating like little footprints of what you're doing. And basically, you can actually mind a lot of this activity on the web to find trends. Then social networking comes in multiple different aspects. And depending on what you're trying to achieve, you use different tools. 
Did I answer Which specific, your question? Uh, yes. Would you go a little bit into more detail as to the specific tools? I know you've mentioned Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. Would you say that that is a universe? You, you've also talked about wikis. Wikis, yes. I mean, wikis is the general term for how you can have a web 2.0 kind of capability in which a website enable you to participate in the content, meaning most websites in the past have been basically a portal of information that you can read the portal, okay? You can read what is being, you know, in, has been posted in that website. With a wiki, basically Web 2.0 technology, if you don't agree with that content, you can basically post a comment in disagreement or update it yourself. Then in the case that I'm describing for businesses, having a two-way communication on a website enables you to have the most accurate information on the website because you have many eyes looking at the same information. If there's any mistake, it can be fixed right away. And you can get many different people contributing and making the content a lot richer. Then a specific tool for the wikis, I mean, we have a lot of connections, for example, in IBM. There is other tools and, and brands that are provided by other competitors in IBM, as well as you can go to the website, to any website, and you can type wiki, or you can go to any of the Web 2.0 web utilities that we have to enable your website to be a two-way communication. And there is basically uh, a lot of, of the tools that people use is based on Lampstack, on Linux, for example, PHP. These are specific technologies. I don't know how, how deep you want me to get into these specific technologies, but PHP enables you to do a lot of these things as well. And there is other concepts and other tools that enable you to basically, you know, make your your website a lot smart. And there's a concept called the semantic web that enables you to link information in this website with another website and enable you to create content that way as well. And alert you when somebody has put something in an, in another website that you can comment on on it. Then all of this is basically how we're creating this new web, which we many people calling the Web 2.0. Then for wikis, I would really recommend people to enable their websites to be two ways. For blogs, you, there are so many blog providers out there. You can you can create a blog through through many different ways. I have my blog that you can get to through my website, and in any way, you can just go to Google and type blogs, and you're going to see the list of all the bloggers' providers. And this is part of the cloud. That is part of the cloud. You get clouds of blogs everywhere. You don't have to worry about getting your own server and establishing your own tool. You just create your blog right there on the web from many of these cloud providers' blogs. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just just go to, to Google and, and, and just Google. There's m many different... Uh, blog blog providers that you can go to and, and, and create your blog right there. It takes you two seconds just to do that. Yeah. How do you decide, Maria, if you are just getting started, which of these tools to use? Should you start with a blog? Should you start with a wiki? Should you try Facebook or do a video? Is there an easy way, is there some sort of formula that our audience can rely on to decide which of these tools to take advantage of? Well, my, my recommendation would be if, if you're not a technologist and you don't really don't know a lot of these uh, blogs, my, my recommendation would be go to YouTube and type blog. Type cloud computing, type wikis, and you're going to see in YouTube there's many different cute videos explaining you how many blogs are there, who their providers are, and they get you started. For somebody that is not a technologist, 
just go just go there and you will get very nice just go to YouTube and type in the search blog and then do another search on wiki do another search on on uh, Twitter do another search on on social networking and there's many different videos there that last like two minutes and tell you the basics of them and they're very very cute and that will be very educational uh, I will also recommend the fastest and easiest way for you to start getting started is to join one of the largest social networking uh, tools that we have which is Facebook and also would like to tell you to join uh, LinkedIn and and if you get more ambitious after you have done LinkedIn and Facebook, I would like to advise you to go and use Twitter for your business. And if you have time, go to, to for example, Blogster, Blogster.com. Blogster.com is where I have my, my blog. And, and, and you can create your own blog very easily. You just type blogster.com and then you say, I want to create, log in, put your information and create your blog and voila, at no cost, for free. Okay? And this is the other beauty of the social networking and the cloud. A lot of these services are basically based on uh, advertising. That means that you can do all of this for free and, and you don't have to, you know, it doesn't cost you anything to do it. And, and, and you get a lot of benefit by getting more contacts, get your news out there, etc. Plus, the more you blog, the, the more information out there will be on the web. And when people basically do a search on your product, they will be able to find it on the search. I mean, if somebody is trying to look for something, assume that you, you know, make, you know, boots, for example, and you start blogging about why people should buy boots, and probably somebody blogs, nothing comes out of about you because you haven't blogged, you haven't written anything. Maybe perhaps your website, if you pay for your website to be at the top on one of those advertisers. If not, then then you probably won't be found. But if you start blogging and you start participating in all the social networking and you start putting comments on other people's blogs, etc., when you do a search on your product, boots, or whatever, you have a far more likelihood to be part of that search. And then people will be able to find you. This is, this is becoming part of the actual interconnection, the, the web that we have and how to connect people and information. And you cannot get connected if you don't participate and comment and let people know you're here and what your product is and what the value is and embrace in the community. You talked about many of the popular websites, Facebook and Twitter and LinkedIn and YouTube and blogging, of course, and you've talked about how prevalent social networking and online access are among Hispanics. Is there a strong presence of Hispanics in these social networking sites, the, the mainstream sites, separate from the other websites that you mentioned earlier that are popular with some Latinos like Conexión Latina and Que Pasa, Mi Gente and Mundo Boricua? But if we look at mainstream websites that people across all ethnicities and countries are using, do you have any information on the participation of Hispanics in those, and, and what can you share with us about that? I don't have the exact number, but the participation of Hispanic on the traditional, uh, you know, LinkedIn or basically uh, Facebook is lower than representative by the amount and number of Hispanic that we have. And I don't know how to justify that other than maybe because a lot of the Hispanic, young Hispanic are going to these other social networking uh, tools. Then, uh, but I do know that they're being used in droves by the new, uh, the, the new generation. All the new Hispanic generation is basically using social networking very, very highly. And, 
And, and this is very surprising because we have a, a less penetration in the aggregate Hispanic community in, in Internet usage. But for that young Hispanic population from 18 to 27, is very high. It's 67%. That means that it is very significant. And however, still, there is less participation in those traditional social networking tools than, of course, in the Hispanic tools. Why do you and think I, that I is, would, Maria? Well, I think it's because when you target your community to specifically to what they're looking for, I mean, a lot of the social networking tools, I mean, advertise events for Hispanic, when a lot of the Hispanic singers and, and bands are around, and activities, etc. And they also have a lot of information about, you know, other Latin American countries. I mean, in Mexico and Brazil and Argentina and Chile, then there is this feel of, you know, you're part of a bigger community of Latinos here in America, so to speak. And they like to communicate with each other and people like to talk with other people in Argentina. I mean, look at it this way. I mean, there is less, there is less time you know, difference between them than if you were going to make friends with people in Europe or if you were friends with people in China. This, they had a lot less time difference than there's a lot of people that get, you know, more friends in other areas. I mean, people that are maybe studying business and it's a Latino, I want to know how the business in Brazil is doing. In Brazil is booming. There's a lot of Hispanics here in, in America that are trying to find out what the situation in Argentina is and how Brazil is doing. And they're growing like crazy and they want to be part of this and what can I do? And they talk to each other. They, they like to talk to each other. They, they feel that they can contribute. Uh, the ones in Argentina and Brazil and Peru and Uruguay, they feel that they get like the insight here, correct? And we all follow here what is happening on these technology companies, and they want to hear from us. A lot of the Hispanics are in, in, in the West Coast. They're in Silicon Valley. They love to talk to the guys that are in Argentina. Argentina had a very big, active uh, venture capital team, and after the recession, they had really been hit hard. Then they really like to talk to each other on what is happening with the business, what kind of technology that you're using. And then when you go to those websites, you can see a lot of the exchanges, of course, or what is the music that they want and what is the activity that is happening. But you have a lot of other conversation going on here. Would it be accurate to say, Maria, that if you are seeking older Hispanics who are business executives and business owners, they're more likely to be in the mainstream traditional sites like Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. And if you're looking to connect with that younger Hispanic demographic that you mentioned between 18 and 27, that they're perhaps more likely to be in some of those Hispanic-specific websites that you mentioned. Well, uh, there, there is another very interesting thing that is happening here, correct? Uh, uh, well, I personally, I'm everywhere, correct? Um, I'm a fan of all of this, and I'm basically everywhere, and a lot of the Hispanic executives are everywhere as well. But one thing that is very interesting is that they are actually um, dedicating a specific website for Hispanic executives, for hiring. And this is becoming very interesting because a lot of the Hispanic uh, executives in the U.S. that speak English and Spanish, that have been in business for a long time, that understand the whole, you know, development process, marketing, you know, business in general, then there is a lot of the development that is going in South America, and they're very much in great demand right now. Then there is social networking that have been created specifically for executive, Hispanic executives to be able to recruit them and connect them to a lot of the businesses that is happening in South America. Then there is a Hispanic exec uh, website that just got created just for that purpose to, to, to get Hispanic to connect with each other for that purpose, then I wouldn't say that Hispanic are all older, and I don't want to use that word older, but more mature uh, 
Hispanic executives that only exclusively use the more traditional LinkedIn websites. I would say that there is many new entrepreneurs that are seeing the potential to market to those Hispanic in the kind of you know, mature level that have the experience that is required in other developing countries, and they're creating websites just to, to target them. For U.S. Hispanics who are interested in U.S. issues specifically, so if you're trying to reach U.S. Hispanics about U.S.-related issues, what would be the most effective social networking sites? Um, well, depending on what issue it is, because if you wanted to discuss issue for energy, then I will go to this, some of the social networking sites that we have for energy. Okay. If you are, want to discuss uh, something for other politics things, I mean, uh, it, it might sound strange to you, but LinkedIn... Uh, is very good, but it's not as much in politics. I mean, we have Facebook. I mean, Obama used Facebook to basically create a big network of people, and he used social networking very, very effectively. And that's part of our, what I, re, I, I wrote on my book about how, how we had Obama using social networking very effectively, meaning he was able to connect to all their immediate um, um, fans, as well as the fans, the friends of the fans, and basically a word of mouth basically brought his vision of where he wanted to go. Then, and that was able to cross, cross barriers. Then I do like Facebook for that because it's very large. I mean, you have, you know, 150 million people there, and you can create all different types of community there, then if you wanted to reach out to Hispanics in general, I will go to Facebook. Are there characteristics of Hispanics that make them distinct from others who use social networking sites, other than any specific issues relating to Hispanic cultural themes like events or those who have an interest in Latin America. Do Hispanics participate in social networking sites in a different way from everybody else? Um, no, I don't believe that. If you, if you remove the language preference, the cultural preferences, which I include in that, food and music, okay? There's a lot of different social networking sites that specialize just in food, especially now during Christmas. Like, for example, in Puerto Rico, there's something called pasteles, which is basically usually cooked during the Christmas vacation. Then everybody right now in a lot of the Hispanic websites, they're exchanging recipes on how to do the best pasteles and who's doing the pasteles and where's the best way to get pasteles, Okay. Then if you remove the food, if you remove the food and the music and the language and the passion for South America, okay, I think that beside those, I think we're just like anybody else. We're passionate people and we want to connect with others and so does everybody else. Everybody has that need to feel important and feel connected. That is a need of all humans. And that is not exclusive to Hispanic. Everybody wants to feel that they are connected, that they're special friends, and they can do something for others because that is the most meaningful, you know, feeling that you can have as, a, as an individual. People want to belong to somebody. They want to collaborate with somebody. Nobody wakes up in the morning to, to, to do something bad or to screw up. I mean... Everybody, in whatever twisted mind they might have, even though if they're killing people, they, in their mind, they think that they're doing something good or they have something else going on or if they have a problem mentally. But by and large, people want to do good. People want to contribute to society. They, they want to be given the opportunity to do something good. And I believe that's one of the main reasons why 
this social networking is being so effective, especially in, in, the, in the younger community. And what this is actually creates is the true flat world, correct? Because one thing is to say that it's flat because everybody has com- you know, communication and that you can communicate from now to China and from here to, to India and everybody can have the same you know, uh, networks. It is another that people consider everybody else equal and that people consider normal to have friends in other countries. And that's what is happening now. I mean, when I was old, I mean, uh, younger in high school, basically we used to have this concept of pen pals. And we used to have like two or three pen pals. I mean, maybe somebody might have ten pen pals, but that was very unusual. And then the average size of friends was like 20, you know, 15 to 20. Now... People have a completely different aspect of what friendship is. They don't have pen pal. That concept doesn't exist because basically everybody's a pen pal. You're doing instant message with everybody constantly. And you, by the way, you do instant message with everybody that might be sitting next to you in the theater because you don't want to talk or to somebody in India in the middle of the night or to China or to South America. And the the incredible thing that this world is truly getting flatter, it's matter and faster, is that people truly feel it's just normal. They, 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 they look to the other individuals in the other countries as just as part of their community and it's normal. I mean, you talk to a lot of the kids now in high school and for them it's normal to have two or three friends in India, two or three friends in China, two or three friends over here, all over the country. It's just normal. They will feel like they're not really connected if they don't have people in other countries. And that is a wonderful aspect because the more connections we have, the more respect we have for the others, and the more interconnected businesses we have all across the world, the the better for everybody. Tell us a little bit about your book, Maria, if you would. The Social Factor, Innovate, Ignite, and Win Through Mass Collaboration and Social Networking. What is it all about? The book is basically about how, how the utility of social networking is being created, how lowering costs of communication through the years has created this great opportunity for individuals to communicate better than ever, and that social networking is basically has created the new social age. This is really about collaboration. This is about changing the set mind of individual. This is about a different society that is not like wants to, but expects to be connected. And that value the freedom of people going to the internet and be able to evaluate products. This is the generation that basically will never buy anything unless they go and see what other people have rated the product and what other people have commented on that. They feel empowered to provide feedback on products. And how business wants to progress, they need to embrace social networking. And how a lot of these tools into the enterprise can create a much better environment for the employees. And I also talk about the social brain and how the behavior of individuals and why this is being embraced. Because the society that we work and we live in today is very different. And the expectations have completely changed. It will be unimaginable to some of the new generation how we lived before with our cell phones and with our Internet. And the expectations of communication and the level of education and information that people are used to now is completely different to just, you know, 20 years ago. That means that this, this change is here for us to stay because this is basically part of an urge of individuals to try to connect and expect to be connected, get more information, and, 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 and create a society that is far more effective because data and information is available far faster. Actually, I provide uh, several examples in my book on how this has happened and the specific products that by using social networking has actually benefited. 
and the return on the investment in a lot of the social networking tools. And I actually mentioned several small business in addition that, of course, uh, the case study that we had in, in IBM. But uh, if you like history, if you like technology and how uh, innovation can change your life and can change your business and can empower you to create a much better business, I, I, I advise you to read my book because I go through the whole history of how this technology and communication has changed, how innovation has changed, and how, for example, the pace of technology has been accelerated. I mean, in the way that, for example, uh, cars were accepted to get a penetration of 75%, it took almost, you know, 100 years, 150 years to get to that penetration. Today, cell phone penetration basically has been done in the last 15 years. That means that the amount of penetration of a product today is, is enormous. Uh, and it's basically based on how we communicate today and how people are able to accept technology is much easier because they get that information. For example, uh, I'm sure that you are familiar with uh, Blu-ray. And there was a lot of these uh, HD TV uh, competition between uh, the Toshiba HD DVD, uh, DVD, HD DVD, and the Sony Blu-ray. I mean, if we compare that to the com the, the battle that we had before between the uh, MetaMax and the VHS, you remember that that battle really retarded the acceptance of VCR for almost 10 years. Then we got, when, when today we get a new technology, instead of battling for 10 years, it, it just takes a year and that's it. Why? Because people are communicating with each other, saying, oh, get Blu-ray, why well, didn't like this, or this, you know, HD, uh, the HD DVD, DVD did not work because of this and that, and then people get all this information so fast that basically the adoption of technology is a lot faster. And if you as a small business or a large business, you don't embrace it and you don't get those communities to give you that feedback into your product development and basically work with your community to improve your product, you're basically going to miss the opportunity because the social networking tools and the communities are there already. And if you don't embrace them, basically they're going to create your own brand and you're not going to be able to have an opportunity to fix your product and improve onto your brand and improve into your opportunity to sell more today. And basically, I go through the book talking about how the um, history has changed, how the technology has changed, the things that you need to do in your business to leverage this and improve the acceleration of innovation through social networking tools and get to improve into your business overall. And for those of our listeners who are interested in getting a copy of the book, is it already available? Oh, yes. There is a, the book is available everywhere. And they can go to my website called the, the socialfactorbook.com. The socialfactorbook.com. Yes. Maria, as we close our conversation for today, would you share a couple of suggestions going back to the Latino culture and social networks for those of our listeners who are interested in reaching out to Latinos in social networks? What three suggestions would you share with them on the best ways to get started? So if you want to reach out to Latinos in social networks, what are the three tips that you would share with those who want to get started? Well, if you want to get started and you haven't done absolutely nothing on social networking, I would recommend you that you go to Facebook and LinkedIn and get an account there for sure and start inviting all your associates. For example, get in the habit of every time that you go to a business and you get their business card, don't just get their business card and go and put it in your uh, own roster or your own you know, database. Go and put it in LinkedIn and get them connected to you publicly in LinkedIn because later 
you might be able to get access to the friends of those friends that you just met yesterday. Then go to LinkedIn, and every time that you go to a meeting and you get a business card for somebody, go back home later or in your BlackBerry and put that individual into LinkedIn and get connected there. Use your LinkedIn like your public CRM, so to speak. Uh, also, for your families and close friends, I would recommend that you basically start using uh, uh, Facebook as well. Um, that means that I differentiate between one or the other, and I create different communities in one and the other, depending on what I want to do. Uh, I also, uh, as you want to reach Hispanic, I would say create your own community of Hispanic uh, through Facebook. There's a lot of Hispanics in Facebook as well as LinkedIn. And also reach out through some of these special websites that we have here on Que Pasa and Mi Gente. I would say go to those websites as well and, and advertise there to, to get those Hispanics and comment on the products that they have there. And last but not least, I would like you to embrace your customers. Your customers are the biggest asset that you can have. Then convert your customer in your fans. Instead of customers, they should be your fans. And people become fans of products when they feel that they're hurt and that they're empowered. Then change your website in a way that they can give you input and that they themselves can talk to each other because the best value that you can have is what they say to each other. What customers are saying about you provide you a lot of feedback of what you need to do to create a very pleased customer with your product. And put that back into your development process in the way that you can improve it based on comments and let your community of customers know that you have heard them and when this new product is coming and it was based on their feedback, then empower your customers. And if you have extra time, absolutely, create a blog, create your own channel perhaps in YouTube and, and put a stories about your company. This is part of your own image of your company. You want to hire Hispanic, you want to hire very high qualified individuals, you need to provide today that image that, we're, that your company has the potential to attract those individuals, and to keep them, and that you provide that career growth for them. I mean, a lot of the uh, kids today that are graduating right now from college, they value highly what they see on the web. And your image on the social networking site is basically what they're going to see of you. And if you don't provide a good image, then you're not going to attract the best talent. And if you don't attract the best talent, you won't have the best company. Then... Uh, these are basically my four recommendations. Go to LinkedIn and, and Facebook. Make sure that you update your website to have feedback from your customers and go to YouTube and provide you know, good image on, on your products and your company in the way that you can attract the best resources. Thank you, Maria, for joining us today from Yorktown Heights in New York. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Maria Azua, who is Vice President of Cloud Computing Enablement at IBM Enterprise Initiatives, and who is author of The Social Factor, Innovate, Ignite, and Win Through Mass Collaboration and Social Networking, who discussed Latino culture in social networks. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the HispanicNPR.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at HispanicNPR.com. That's editor at HispanicNPR.com.